This is a Rooster Teeth production. Seeking arrow kind of sucks ass. I should probably swap that with something. You don't use it. I know. It's actually a you really- You have Seeking Arrow? I've I never know. seen it's, you it's use it. It's a really good- it. He always uses Bursting Arrow. You used arrow. it like once. I think you've used it once. once. Whenever- See, on explosion. a guy that didn't it, matter. It's like a guaranteed hit. Yeah. If you can see them, you're gonna hit them. It's like well, I wanna missile. explode them. <laughs> <laughs> I think Kyborg's plus his bonus to attack is so high that he That's automatically he thinks he's gonna hit every time. Yeah, he doesn't miss very often. So once he drops Seeking Arrow, Micah, yeah. lots of cover. Lots of cover. All, all, enemy, all, trees, yeah, all enemies foliage. behind full cover. <laughs> like, oh, if you had a Seeking Arrow, this would be a no-brainer. Hey, everyone, welcome to... Uh, <laughs> oh, we starting? Yeah, Between the Tales. We got a supplemental episode of, Betw of uh, Between, of Tales of the Stinky, Tales from the Stinky Dragon here. This shouldn't be Between the Tales. Because we're called Stinky Dragon, it should be Between the Cheeks. Okay. <laughs> it's because our words come out from between our cheeks when we talk. Yeah, um, what were you guys thinking? And I've got bad breath right now. <laughs> I yeah. fart a lot. I was. That's what I was thinking about. Oh, I've got coffee breath. Uh, we're here. We're going to be doing a recap of the story so far. And if the party has earned it, they may be entitled to level up. Uh, we'll deal with that here in just a bit. After I do our recap, I like these episodes because if someone has not been listening to the entire story so far uh, and they want to jump in, this is a perfect time. We just wrapped up one arc. We're about to go into a new one. I would highly recommend you listen to all the old episodes. But if you want to save time and cheat a little bit, you can listen to our recap here and just jump in. Uh, at this point... Ooh, my voice cracked there. This one. <laughs> it's, uh... uh and, uh, and just listen to our new episodes from here on out. Yeah. So, the story started by our job-hunting adventurers, Kyborg the Arcane Archer, Bart the Bard, Mud the Druid, and Gum-Gum the Wizard Barbarian, all arrived at Boulder Ray, where they were looking to become interns for a group of heroes known as the Infinites. Y'all remember that? That was so long ago. It was like a year ago. It was a year ago. Almost exactly. Yeah, those were the days. Are we like more powerful than the Infinites at this point? <laughs> yeah, I mean, based off what's happened in the story, I would say yes. It's been that way for a while. Mm. <laughs> well, not if they have their goodies. Yeah, but if the we ones had that they stole, goodies. they're just misunderstood. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're they're <laughs> they are they are the Hawkeye and Iron Man, and we're like the Thors and Captain Marvels, where we're like impact. Well, except for Bowie McBowerson over here. There's some of us who like have like magic and, and superpowers without holding something. Yeah. Blaine didn't look very happy at that. What are you saying? Bowie I, I will say Paralyte was very easily handling the four of you uh, in our last episode, which we'll get to in just a bit. <laughs> well, Paralyte very easily handled one individual by touching two, him. Two of you. Uh, well, we'll get to it, but not only was Gum Gum paralyzed, but she disarmed Kyborg, his uh, oh. his best weapon. Oh, why do, why do I have a sword and a shield? I was fine. My AC was so high. I'm, I'm getting ahead of ourselves. I, I promised myself I wasn't going to do this. Here we are. Anyway, the story started when our job hunting adventurers arrived in Boulder Ray, uh, where they uh, met and fought, or Kyborg fought Brink Tussler, his nemesis. Precious little Brink. You all found yourself uh, offered jobs as infinite interns, and the infinites uh, are a group of mighty adventurers known far and wide for their feats of heroism. Uh, with one slight catch, unbeknownst to the public, they've gone missing and they were kidnapped by the mysterious Paralyte, who we were just talking about. Uh, you all rescued the Infinite's brilliant gadgeteer, Dr. <clears throat> uh, from one of his own inventions. You were put to the test and guided by Sordo, the Living Sphere, training your abilities in order to help find the four Infinites, Aleve the Amender, Sleek the Symphonious, Spectral the Surreptitious, and Grizzly the Groundbreaker. 
you all uh, were sent away on your first mission. You were sent to the small desert town of... Does anyone remember the name? Small desert town of... Uh, no, I do know it. Price Pass! There it is! Woo! Ow. <laughs> oh my god. Can we, turn, can we turn the mics down? Just, our headphones just, down. Just, on, just on Blaine. What are you talking about? The small desert town of Pious Pass <laughs> to pick up a package for Dr. M. It's Friday. Listen, I'm uncasided, all right? Uncasided? I'm excited. Uncasided. He's got a very empty cold brew in front of him. I think he might be a little wired. Talking about. When you all arrived at Pious Pass, you found yourselves tasked with helping rescue the town cleric Mother Abby from jail after being blamed for a mysterious curse spreading throughout the town and slowly killing its residents. His name is Mud. His name is Mud. Your rock collected stud. His name is Mud. His name is Mud. Your fearless fear After a bard burst shop quartet haircut, pawn shop break-in, and zombie jailbreak, the interns chase down the sheriff to reveal Mother Abby's true identity, Aleve the Amender, a brainwashed infinite turned evil and poisoning the town. Just as the interns are about to stop Aleve, Paralyte arrives, takes the credit for saving the town, uh, chased out and disgraced, the interns head back to Boulderay, one infinite in tow, but not before Mud is given a prophecy from a local about not being able to run away from his past. past, past. Oh, forgot about that. It's because it's because nothing came of it <laughs> yet. So you think? Yeah. It's been a while. Have it's, you right where I want you? Yeah, it's been a while. I, I feel it's a good time to mention Mike is always here with us, the writer for uh, Tales from the Stinky Dragon and editor. He's writer and editor. He normally doesn't have a microphone when we're taping Stinky Dragon, but he's here. That's him. Hello, Micah. Hello. He's also now in person with us. Where before we were all doing this remotely. And now Micah is in Austin with us. That's right. Yeah. He's able to see this rid of me. madness in person. We yeah. John and Micah wear uh, name tags so we can tell them apart. <laughs> yeah, it's always been an issue. Because we look so much alike. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, Micah. <laughs> um, For those listening, my brother is a tall, slender individual, and I'm a shorter, stockier, mustachioed man. Eh, potato, you know. potato. All white guys look the same. <laughs> <laughs> you look the same. Just kidding. So, so Only slightly. It's one of my favorite things to come out of Tales from the Stinky Dragon happened in this Pious Pass arc, which was when Blaine complained that Kyborg should be able to jump 10 feet without problem. Oh. So we actually made Blaine attempt this. We loaded him up with 85 pounds of gear and had him try to run and jump 10 feet. And we filmed it. It's available on our uh, TikTok and YouTube channel uh, for Squad Team Force if you check that out. Yeah, it's all over the socials. We also need to test the, uh, the bow and arrow thing. Well, I've gotten so many tweets about how... This is, this, is, this is a funny thing about Stinky Dragon. I don't remember what we record ever. Like, it, it my That's brain is why busy we're here. doing a recap. Right. Uh, this is, the recaps are not this only is for mostly you guys. for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, but I love that people will send me tweets. And sometimes I understand what they're agreeing with me on. Like some people, I got a lot of people saying like, I got your North reference, John. Love that Elijah Wood movie. And I'm like, thank you. A lot of people are going at me saying that like what I was saying about holding jelly in leather was like right or something. So I many don't, tweets. I don't oh, know yeah. what, I don't even know what they were referencing because I've forgotten what that argument is. We, there was a period in time where people were sending us pictures of their feet and D20s. And I was like, <laughs> why am I seeing all these photos of people's feet and dice? I think For I, free. I think I, <laughs> Need to, what here's what's happening is that I think it's funny to ask the audience to send us stuff <laughs> or to like validate me, but then I forget these things I weeks ask later. because weeks later, and then it's like, oh yeah, John asked the audience to send pictures of people rolling dice with their feet, their feet. Uh, oh, so speaking of 
audience interaction, absolutely, you should follow us at Stinky Dragon Pod on Twitter and Instagram. I saw an interesting tweet that was sent to us the other day, specifically about the spell Thunder Wave. Wave yeah. Which, Bart, you've cast before, yes. I believe. The interpretation we had, apparently one of the people who oversees Dungeons & Dragons made a tweet clarifying the text in the spell description. Okay. The way the spell description is phrased and the way we've been playing it, I interpreted it as... It's a 15-foot cube originating from you, so which like is out in all directions. Right, seven and a half feet in every direction. Mm -hmm. The uh, person at Wizards of the Coast who oversees D&D &D and, you know, is the arbiter of these kinds of things says that the spell description is worded poorly. It's actually a 15-foot cube directly in front of you. That would make what? more sense. Yeah. That, I, I have Thunderwave as well. I haven't used it because I'm like, well, I got to be away I from also, everybody. Yeah, I don't want to hurt my teammates who right. are usually behind me if I, I always interpret it as like if you're surrounded by enemies and you want to get clear of attack yeah. yes. opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. But often, especially like Bart isn't like no. in the middle of stuff no. ever. And neither is, am, am, like unless I'm a beefy animal, I stay away as well. This is more of You're a Kamehameha. Well, yeah, but if I'm a beefy animal, then I can't do my, the spells anyways. So for clarification going forward, it's 15 feet from out in front of you. So it's like from you, seven and a half feet to your left, seven and a half feet to your right, but then 15 feet forward. Ah, Excellent. That's a way better spell. Way better, yeah. Okay, cool. In my opinion. Noted. I think the AOE thing sucks, especially when you're amongst your party. But uh, yeah. anyway, a little distracted, AOE. but please, you know, interact with us. We do read uh, the interactions and on also, social media. One quick note too. If you guys ever hear us do something or test something in the game that you want to see us test in real life, like the, the 10 foot jump with 85 pounds, please tweet us. Like but we would love to film that stuff for social yeah. and make a- right the content for us. No, just like if you, if something comes up. Then no, no, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm fooling. Yeah. Oh no, no, write the content yeah. for us. We, we're, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. we're tired. We have so much to do. We're old now. <laughs> so anyway, after you all failed at Pious Pass, Doctor Am split the interns up to help alleviate of her ailments, finding a mix of medicine in the Elder Pine Forest and her inbreather at the local Temple of Dia, uh, who's uh, the deity deity of the realm. <laughs> deity. Uh, after successfully stabilizing her, the interns head to their next mission, which is finding Sleek the Symphonious in the industrious city of Erbloom. See, that's where the season really fell off, and that's where the show lost. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> After arriving at a city in utter chaos, they come face to face with their rival Brink Tussler dying with a message from the future. Find Brink in the past and work together to stop Sleek from freezing the city in time. Brink to the past. They, they are sent back in time and begin working with past Brink in a city besieged by time, including stopping a sword-swinging wind elemental uh, named Chanel, uh, escaping a tyrannical cannibal uh, named Hugh Manor and a T-Rex, and dealing with a sexy, sexy aurochs who uh, <laughs> will never forget. All right, listen. <laughs> Someone yo, watched a lot yo. of Beauty and the Beast when they were young. Leave and him the as aurochs the beast. Leave some, him as the beast. It conjured some old, <laughs> long, repressed memories. No, oh. they're not repressed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> alive and well. They're alive and well. I'm reading a, a Court of Thorns and Roses where there's <laughs> some beast action going on in there. Babe, I'm all about it. Eventually, the interns were able to successfully turn back time and take on Sleek the Infinite, but Paralyte reveals herself once more to save the day, steal Sleek's magic loot, mortally wound one of the Brink Tusslers while capturing the other one and Sordo. Uh, the interns and Sleek escape at the last moment into a magical portal, leading to who knows where. That's not how the Sheriff song went. Three weeks after the incident in Erbloom, the interns and Sleek have been surviving in a frozen tundra. They come upon a wondrous cave belonging to a seemingly long gone humanoid polar bears, the Ishbjorn, as well as saving archaeologist Archie from becoming a frozen dwarven popsicle. Ew. 
They pick up a mysterious amulet or amulet. There you go, amulet. Uh, discover they are in the land of Kaltberg and follow Archie to one of its villages, Brumafume. The village of Brumafume, like others in the land, seems to be populated by a humanoid walrus race called the Valrossians that settled into this tundra some time ago. I love this part. This was fun. The Valrossian arc was really fun. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, but after a rescue mission puts them at odds with some ghostly Ishbjorn and possessed Valrossians, the interns find themselves in the ethereal plane and coincidentally encounter a third infinite, Spectral the Surreptitious. Bitter and aggrieved from having his Ishbjorn soulmate taken from him, Yumi, Spectral, aka Leonard Lank, takes on the plight of the ghostly remnants of the Ishbjorn uh, to wage a vengeful war on the invaders of the land, the Valrossian King, or aka V King Gjorn, and his people. The interns and Sleek are able to convince Spectral to give them a little time, one night to talk to the V-King to try to avoid a war. The interns sneak into the capital of New Valros during a massive festival, and they're able to meet with the ruler of the Valrossians, V-King Nivegjorn, a shrimpy boy in position of power, misguided by his evil uncle, V-Head Wardgjorn. With the help of the local deity, Goddess Andi, uh, the interns are able to end a century of war and restore peace to the land, V-King Nive offers a ship's passage. It looks like the interns, Sleek, and Spectral finally find themselves heading back to Boulderay, this time with a mission to infiltrate Paralite's lair within the Elder Pines and rescue an imprisoned Brink and Sordo. Wait, we, do we also leave out the part that it was Bartzel crew? Marge. Oh, that's right. Marge. Very next line. My mama. <laughs> <laughs> that is coming up. Mike is like, I didn't forget the details. <laughs> that, because that was the start of the next arc. Some shoddy writing, guys. Uh, I just want to say. <laughs> Our story picked up at the docks of New Valros, where Bart is reunited with his former ship, the Jebediah, along with Captain Marge and her musically gifted crew. I have a quick question about this. Yeah. Did Micah come up with the Simpsons references or did you, Gus, come up with the Simpsons references? I asked him. I, I think I gave, gave you a couple ideas. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Captain Marge was Micah, if yeah. I remember right. Yeah. Uh, and then initially the ship, I think you had pitched a couple of different ideas yeah. for the ship and I came back with the Jebediah. I okay. thought it was a, was a funny name for the ship because it sounds very nautical as well. It does. <laughs> it does. Jebediah Springfield. Right. Or maybe you'll encounter their evil uh, enemy ship, uh, the Sprungfeld, the Hans Sprungfeld. Ca Captain by Sideshow Boob. <laughs> 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 anyway, the intern set no, sail. It's, it's captained by the dreaded pirate Black Bob. Mm. Beard. Oh, Black Bear. <laughs> oh, I was like, I don't remember the Simpsons character. <laughs> this is me trying to make Simpsons jokes, having not watched it at all. Yeah. Yeah. The intern set sail homebound for Boulderay, only to find it overrun by Everguards. After freeing Dr. <clears throat> and taking back the town, the interns then enter the memories of Sleek and Spectral using the Dreamery experiment and becoming Internites and Fred. Um, <laughs> and Fred. As the Internites, they hunt for clues to the whereabouts of Paralyte and their missing friends. After experiencing a curious cave-in, failed diplomacy with slothful and sheer Lakian creatures, the interns return to a reality with a mission to infiltrate the Elder Pine Forest. With Sleek and Spectral in tow, the interns sneak into the Elderling Village, only to discover it's another trap set by Paralyte, or should I say Spectralite. <laughs> This led to an infinite fight with an explosive ending resulting in freedom of friends but the loss of two infinites. Next, the intern set sail to the port of Pescar, a land cursed by an aberrant rainfall and an ominous ziggurat called the Escalon. They race their way to the top of the transmutative tower to find a disfigured dual-headed Grizzleave. After a successful brawly bout with priests and Grizzleave, the interns encountered a rare attack of opportunity on Paralyte herself. The party managed to make a Mari mark on the female foe and in the process catch a glimpse of her mysterious whereabouts. The interns and Dr. Ahem finally pieced together the puzzle of Paralyte, a Prattle, and the Infinites and uncovered Paralyte's lair under a frozen sheer lake. 
There they discovered Paralyte's plan to police the world, assuage the death of Mayor Prattle, encountered an old acquaintance, Archie, battled a battalion of Everguards, fought a paralyzing Paralyte, and finally lowered some force shields around a Diagem core. However, in a little last-minute twist, it turns out Archie was never actually Archie, but actually a chaotic crimson cloud creature called Entropa, Ooh. inhabiting the body of Sordo. Ooh. Now possessing one of the Diagems, Entropa escapes his corporeal prison to seek out the rest of these mystical Diagems. But who is Entropa? What are these Diagems? You'll have to find out in the next arc of Tales from the Stinky Dragon. What a great recap. Another detail that I think we should cover too is like Grizzlyv and what was it? Uh, Spectralite. Spectralite were like transmutations combining two people. Grizzlyv is two people. Yeah, Spectralite was more like a mind-controlled yeah. spectral. Got it, okay. Uh, but Grizzlyv was actually uh, like two, two people. I saw someone ask this and I, I had a similar question. When we were fighting Grizzlyv, they said they were fighting her on the ziggurat, Paralyte popped in and out, and the new episode starts with them back at Boulderay. Where did Grizzlyv go? We left that open to interpretation. Okay, that's what I figured. In the document that Micah so graciously prepares, there were options for you all to have addressed that when you were on the ship, but no one brought it up. So we just kind of uh, I think we figured we just kind of like, what grizzly? Yeah. There's no grizzly we here. We hurt them and then ran. <laughs> I was mowing my lawn and I was listening to it and I assumed that Paralyte took grizzly. Is that not the case? Well, open to that was uh, up to you guys. <laughs> I guess we, we killed him. Well, we kind of like, as opposed to our original objective, which was like definitely one. like gathering the infinites, I think at that point, the objective turned sharply to chase Paralyte yes. and defeat Paralyte. I think you, yeah, at that point, you're in the mode that Paralyte is the actual enemy and uh, trying to deal with Paralyte. I guess yeah. I was just uh, curious because like, you know, the formula has been we find the infinite, we fight them, we free them from Paralyte's grasp and then we get to know them and stuff. So I was hoping that we'd get to know Grizzly and like, who, did we have a voice actor or actress? them for both oh combined was it two yeah, or did two, we two voices okay so who's grizzly's voice actress one was jessica yeah that was leave oh yeah because jessica was from the original mm -hmm. from pious past yeah but they didn't we didn't interact much with uh grizzly no they're just yelling at us the whole mm -hmm. time I'll tell you what, we don't have the answer to that question, but we're going to go to Ben live in the field. He's going to answer this right now. Go ahead, Ben. All right, Ben. This is Ben reporting live from Disney World. I'm out in the field working on another Rooster Teeth podcast called Annual Pass. That's cross-promotion, baby. To answer your question, Grizzly is voiced by Jessica Jam Peralt, who is a bundle of chaotic goblin energy and was perfect for the role. Back to you in the studio, Gus, Micah, and party. Thank you, Ben. Back to you, Gus. Oh. I heard it. I knew it. Ben is one of our uh, producers on the show. He's here with us just about every time he's not here this time. He's abandoned so. us. For... What are you talking about? He just said something. He's in the yeah. field. He's out doing research for the next arc currently. At a theme park. Disney World. <laughs> it's a fantasy uh, theme park, isn't it? Oh, it's a magical place. That's the parts of it. It's the most magical place on earth. Where else would you go to research D&D? Pies Pass. Disneyland. New Zealand. That's way better. I hear there's some wizards on the coast that know things. <laughs> <laughs> Which coast is it though? East coast, west coast? Coast to coast. So you guys, for completing this most recent arc, you all are ready to level up to level seven. Yeah. Do we take a long rest for that too? I imagine. <laughs> yes. We'll say yes. Okay. So as part of leveling up to level seven, everyone gets an additional hit die. Well, I guess I should ask, first of all, 
is everyone going to take level seven as the same class or is anyone going to multi-class? You could multi-class? You can absolutely, seven? you can multi-class anytime. I'm going to keep on keeping on. I didn't know that. Yeah. So for example, Bart is currently a level six Bard about to advance to level seven. Mm -hmm. You could become a level six Bard slash level one, whatever. Oh. Wait, what do I roll for more mm. HP? Uh, it is your hit die. Hit die seven D10. So D10? You would roll a D10. All right. We level up so rarely and that I always forget you how to your do it. constitution yeah. modifier as well. Wait, which one's the D10? It's, it's the, the one with 10 sides. When you mouse over, it says D10. I don't have a mouse. I think I'm just going to level up to uh, so a level seven bard. Okay, level seven bard. <laughs> yeah. I would like to multiclass with Gum Gum at some point. I just don't know if the story has unfolded in such a way where he's done anything but he's already a whizbarian <laughs> yeah, whiz you know what i mean like gum gum's had a couple of uh encounters or brushes with magic when uh what was it you cast an ice bridge that helped you all out yeah mm -hmm. but i, I just I, yeah i don't know if if he's is it okay if we go through these steps together to remember how to yeah so you're gonna roll your hit die my hit die says 78 yeah it's 78 so yeah your hit die is d8 so now that you're level seven you you have a total of 78 hit die and then i add that to my rolled hp correct okay oh i'm so ready to go through all the goodies that kyborg's about to get i would love to multi-class except that i desperately want to get higher level with <laughs> druid uh wild shape, wild shape. I, I need to fly i need to be able to fly <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's so far away that i still need to just do some grinding that's the problem and it never becomes easier as you become a higher level in one class taking like a level one of another class seems like such a step back oh, yeah seven i could add rogue or barbarian but i think i'm gonna keep on keeping on as well i don't even know canonically what would fit mud's character of multi-classing because he's so entwined with the druid stuff. What if it was like uh, something weird that Rang Ranger kind of fits with that vibe as well? Yeah, very wildlife. But that's totally up to you. Yeah, but then you'd be like hunting the very animals. That's that what I was wondering too. I, I, <laughs> I, might, I might legitimately look into that for for the next level. I think Ranger's a really fun is, class. Is, Ranger's uh, thinking feeling... of a multi class for yeah. uh, especially when you can go with like power. Ranger? Oh, God. So one of them just got arrested <laughs> for fraud. I'm going to go around and highlight what everyone uh, gets here at level seven. Okay. Uh, Bart, you gain access to fourth level spells and you can swap a spell if you so want. From any anything? Yeah. Okay. Um, Do I get to add any more spell slots? Yes, you should get some. Once you up in D&D Beyond to level four, it should unlock additional spell slots for you. Okay. And for everyone following along at home, you can look in the player's handbook to see the spell slots available to our various players. Gum Gum, you also, of course, get more HP and you mm -hmm. get Feral Instinct. You have advantage on initiative rolls. Additionally, if you are surprised at the beginning of combat and aren't incapacitated, you can act normally on your first turn, but only if you rage immediately. How does Gum Gum act normally, though? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's actually really cool. Yeah. Uh, now Gum Gum cannot have any like surprise rounds against him. He's able to act immediately. Though on that last big boss battle, I rolled a 20 on my initiative and yet still <laughs> didn't. Yeah. I was frozen the entire I think your initiative was 22 <laughs> and Paralyte's was 23. Are you sure I earned this level up? This, <laughs> on that fight, I didn't do anything. Paralyte just charged you. You've been super helpful in a, in a bunch of other things. It's about how many hugs you administer throughout the arc. That's really uh, what it is. From like my perspective, you know, playing the other side of that mm -hmm. encounter. Bart was closest, but invisible. Uh, and I rolled and Paralyte was unable to see Bart. So, you know, Paralyte's dealing with the three of you. 
and knowing what Paralyte knows, you typically tank and do the most damage. So her goal was to incapacitate you immediately, then turn around and deal with either of the two uh, damage dealers while you were out of the it, fight. It works. <laughs> it also doesn't look like I have access to fourth level spells yet. You and I both get fourth level spells. I see there's a greater invisibility spell. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. You can you can like take actions while you're still invisible. Oh, uh, and so it doesn't like make your sure. concentration yeah. go away? And then finally, Kyborg uh, also, of course, gains another hit die uh, and you gain access to Curving Shot. You learn how to direct an errant arrow toward a new target. Like wanted. I was just going to make a joke about that. <laughs> yeah. right. It's See, almost like you two person. are related. Uh, when you make, it a, <laughs> when you make an attack roll with a magic arrow and miss, you can use a bonus action to re-roll the attack roll against a different target within 60 feet of the original. So I'll never miss. Essentially. Uh, the other thing, too, was like I get magic arrow, but is that mm-hmm. something that I'm going to say, I cast magic arrow? Uh, so magic arrow, you gain the ability to infuse arrows with magic. Whenever you fire a non-magical arrow from a shortbow or longbow, you can make it magical for the purpose of overcoming resistance and immunity to non-magical attacks and damage. Mm. The magic fades immediately after it hits or misses a target. It's something you don't necessarily have to worry about. Is it kind of like, uh, what was that thing where I, I just kind of hide? It's just like a passive ability. Yeah, this doesn't necessarily like increase damage or anything. It's just if you encounter a creature that's resistant to non-magical attacks, it overcomes that resistance. You all have encountered creatures like this in the past. I think sometimes you all don't realize it. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's something important for me to remember more than anything <gasps> to keep track of. Cool. I saw a cool spell. Wait, what's your spell? Dimension door. You mm. teleport oh. yourself from your current location to any other spot within range. You arrive at exactly the spot desired. And what's the range on it? 500 feet. Yeah, that's significant. That's very significant. Bye, Bart. Bye, I'm learning that. <laughs> oh, I, I like that the two spells so far that you've gotten excited about are ones that will t- get you away. <laughs> well, you know, I'm a dainty little boy. I, I think I also get a new arcane shot. You also get an additional option on your arcane shot. You have three instead of two. I looked it up and I had a few options, but I chose grasping arrow, which is, well, I'll save it for later, but it's a fun one, and I think it's going to piss Gus off pretty bad. <laughs> Looking forward to it. <laughs> also, you know what? I decided uh, I'm just going to get rid of the lucky feet and switch it out. Ah, I'm just kidding. It's I was too, saying, it's what cheat. are you talking it's about? It's the cheatiest cheat, and I love it. It's keeping it forever. Worked so well last time. Uh, and then the okay. last uh, Watch it, John. player we have is Mud, who gets an additional hit die as well as access to fourth level spells. Dude, I'm reading through Druid fourth level spells. Are Druids considered broken? Because fourth level, like, on a DM level, the things that I can do to screw up, like, puzzles and instances you make, it becomes even more, like, the plesiosaurus is just, like, tip of the iceberg at this point. Like, So you're saying make the campaign harder. I guess. <laughs> Luckily, I only have one slot, so I can only do these things once. But, like, there's just so much stuff. There's, there's a thing called Guardian of Nature, where I call upon a god to transform me basically into Captain Planet. Like, that's just one of them. That's cool. There's another one that's summon elemental. I can summon, like, I can have summon elemental, summon beast, conjure beast, and I can cast all of those in three rounds. So what you're saying is I need to incapacitate you really early <laughs> you in the battle. Too. <laughs> Paralyte shouldn't have touched uh, I think gum-gum. gumbo. I think gumbo is the source of your power. <laughs> So I just need to get gumbo. Oh, there's so many fun spells here. So some of these spells, there's going to be a point soon where we're going to have to start keeping track of some of these more powerful spells because some of these more powerful spells are intended to be limited by Mm. expensive material components. Mm. So that uh, it's not just like in in the past, like all the low level spells are just like whatever, twigs and berries or whatever you have. Some of them now are going to have things like a gem worth 100 gold pieces. 
things like that in that nature. So uh, just be aware of any expensive material components that may be uh, required for a spell, because those are going to be what are intended to be limiting factors of some of these spells. If they have, like, I'm looking at a spell right now, it's Charm Monster. The components are V and S. That's just verbal and somatic. There's so no material. There is no material. So it, the, so it is the ones that have... M. They list them in D&D Beyond. Correct. I, I don't know about these. I was looking at some of your fifth level spells because I scrolled too far on my list. But for example, I think, what was it? Stone Skin requires like a, a diamond worth 100 gold pieces. Diamond what? dust worth 100 gold pieces, which the spell consumes. Right. Well, mm. then you also need to give us more opportunities to actually be making money because we have not Wait, been doing that. do you that. eat the diamonds or do you... It disappears when the spell... It's, it's diamond, stick it it's somewhere? Di- it's diamond oh. dust, specifically. Oh. Like, oh. All gum gum spells require material... <laughs> material components but then there's like stone shape which only requires uh soft clay hey i'm a magic boy now i have magic arrows i'm one of the magic crew hey guys it's kyborg i'm magic <laughs> magic welcome you making the spells I'm with us making the spells. <laughs> so summon elemental is expensive it requires air a pebble ash and water inside a gold inlaid vial worth at least 400 gold oh you can get that hgb but once but it doesn't say i consume it so i just need to acquire that item and i can use that correct and that would have to be something that lives in your inventory i'm also trying to find a few more spells that actually could deal some damage as i have very few of those and i want to be more helpful to the team well bards they're damages but they're also like my understanding is that they're they're also the buffs and so like yeah Yeah. I, i don't think that you've explored that part of a bard where you're like healing and stuff like that? Not even just healing. It's like, like, remember when I was, uh, what was my class in our last campaign? I was a, a you're warlock. Sorcerer? Or no, you're a warlock. Warlock. Yeah. Dr. Luce. Professor. Professor Luce. Anyways, in Druid, uh, Druid, there's even a thing where I could give aspect of animal to someone. And so I, like, I think I gave Kyborg yeah. like uh, reflexes and that kind of thing. So it's that kind of stuff. You can like make it so someone's next move, they'll hit no matter what. So Gum Gum's coming up. He's our big damage dealer for the round. Mm. Give him something so that he makes sure he hits or he gets bonus attack. Like even like uh, me giving flame arrows to Kyborg. I was about to ask with flame arrows, does that take away like a spell slot? Yeah, that was oh, a, okay. that was a third level spell. I was going to say like, I wonder if uh, if before we go into battles and we kind of predict one's coming, you just give me flame arrows and you're just constantly up me for fl- yeah, flame arrows. There's also stuff like dispel magic, which I think could come in handy if like there's a, a enemy that's using magic. I almost used that in our last episode. Oh, that was my debate. Was uh, when I before I went full call lightning, I was like, well, I can either do that or I could use dispel magic on Gum Gum and get rid of his petrification. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I didn't. And, uh, paralysis. Yeah, whatever. I'm, and I'm, I don't know if dispel magic would work on that because that's like a condition. I'd have to look into that because it's like it's not a spell. It's a physical ailment. Right. Mm-hmm. But how did Paralyte cast Paralysis on it? She didn't cast it. It was, uh, yeah, the gloves. The strikes from the gloves. I'm going to not. So it's it's debatable. so bad for Chris because that was just an entire magic episode item of him struggling, spell. like not yeah. being able to move. And it's, oh, what a bummer. <laughs> I've, I remember having a hold up, like, our old D&D campaign where I was just like episodes of me just like, I'm frozen. I can't do anything. <laughs> she probably let it go. Mm-hmm. Oh, stop. So frozen. magic items aren't oh. considered a spell upon using them. That's got to be a spell. They are imbued with a spell. We just shoot off her hands. Yeah. <laughs> you, you might you might could use it like on the item itself, hmm. but maybe yeah, not maybe not on the condition. Is. It's choose one. I mean, I don't know. I guess choose one creature. So, okay. I don't know. Dispel magic is designed to break other spells. It has no effect, for example, on like a vampire's charm ability 
or other magical effects that aren't a spell. Mm. So dispel magic is intended specifically for spells, not for broader magic so effects. It's almost like that, in the name. So, okay, like so, yeah. <laughs> so the, the, the way around that would have been something more like a healer's spell that uh, restores the that removes yes. removes uh, uh, hindrances or buff, debuffs or if there, a debuff or if you had a potion that yeah. removes uh, status my, effects. My like warlock because I played my warlock like a healer in our last campaign had a move like that where I could remove like blindness paralysis. I think frozen or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think we've been in the weeds long enough on that one. Oh, <laughs> sorry, yeah, sorry. Q and A. I like this part, but yes, you're right. It is fun. It, it's 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 nice moving up and like predicting all the ways that we're going to use this. We're also idiots with D and D, so this totally. is us learning yeah. like oh, this yeah. kind of stuff. There's also no way of knowing like there's stuff where I'm like, this is going to be the greatest thing ever, and I never use it. <laughs> so. I know. That's why I always like when you level up because I could go and be like, I have used the spell never, so I'm going <laughs> to go and remove this. Yeah. So John was saying how you know mud is getting all these abilities and you know combat's gonna be much easier. Don't forget your enemies are also scaling oh, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Actually, I was I was probably making a comment because uh, you you can do that. It's it's more so there's some stuff in here that like for instance, no, I don't even want to tell you, but there's things in here where like like uh you can get around puzzles in in unique ways. Mm-hmm. That's don't why that's don't why, tell that's probably why I was saying the plesiosaurus is like tip of the ice. I'm just gonna have to like hand you guys an, a physical puzzle in real life <laughs> and be like fix it. Then you solve will. it. Yeah. <laughs> you want to do Q and A? Yeah. Well, no. I'm just want to, before we get to that, I just want to make sure is everyone okay with their level up? Oh yeah, everyone. I, yeah, I'm just reading through a couple more spells. I yeah. want to have more buffs in my inventory. You want so. more buffs? More buffs. Well, lucky for you, everyone levels up again to what? level to level eight. What? It's Christmas. You know what elevates this show to a whole other level? Is it the arcane items, the legendary encounters? Wrong. It's you, the listener. So thank you for listening each week. If you're not already, please follow us and interact with us on Twitter and Instagram at StinkyDragonPod. Big thanks to everyone who submitted questions on social media using hashtag StinkyDragonPod. Uh, if we didn't get to your question this episode, there's a good chance we'll get to it in the future. But please feel free to keep sending us new questions. Uh, thanks for spreading the word about the show. We really appreciate it. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. So everyone, wow. now go ahead and give yourself an additional hit die in your HP. And I'm again, just like I did last time, I'm going to go around the table and say what everyone gets here. Okay. Uh, at level eight, uh, Bart, you get an ability score improvement. Everyone gets that generally, level eight. Uh, you get another, another, another <laughs> fourth level spell slot. And you can swap a spell as well if you want to, which I think you're already doing anyway. A uh, gum gum. Unfortunately, all you get is a hit die and ability score improvement, but that's still pretty major. I think just one ability score improvement. Or correct. Two? So with ability score improvements, what is to incentivize me at this point to not keep just making like my wisdom super high? Oh, you could absolutely do that. But instead, to like try and take the long process of getting like say my charisma because I'm my charisma is seven which means I am like negative two, but it means I'm like three ability score improvements away from even getting to zero. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you have to play a long game on that. It's such a long game. And you get ability score improvement every four levels. So you are correct, Chris. It's two points. So you can put two points in a single score or one point in two different scores. Or a feat, Or right? you could choose a feat. And then you uh, could, you have to, every though. episode you could show feet. <laughs> Kyborg, you also, of course, just get hit die as well as ability score improvement. Uh, and Mud, also hit die, ability score improvement. You also get some additional things. Uh, you get wild shape improvement, which means you can now do CR1 or lower creatures. But I already have Circle of the Moon, and so I'm still CR2. I've been I'll take CR2. it away from you then. <laughs> yeah, do it. <laughs> <laughs> you get another fourth level spell slot, and you oh, can ooh. also swap a spell. I'll just take uh, away the moon. <laughs> yeah. No more moon. 
What are you guys adding? What ability score? God, there's so many feats to read through. See, like, I could go one of two ways. I could either make myself. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'm in the middle of talking. Lucky, yeah. Yeah, dude. There's a lot of feet. (laughs) That's why I'm doing ability score. No. It's like, I guess, like, what's a better path? Is it to improve things that are really low? Like, I have a plus zero on strength and intelligence. Or, like, should I improve my dexterity even more? Uh, I mean, you're asking one of the fundamental D&D questions. Right. And I think, you know, there's no wrong way to do it. It's whatever you feel is best for the way you're playing. Do you feel like your strength roles are keeping you held back? Maybe. It's, it's really up to what, how you've perceived the previous campaigns going and what you think would be most beneficial for you. Since we have two ability scores, I am in fact going to take my intelligence score up so that I'm actually net zero on that now. So (laughs) maybe if I roll for arcane, I actually might get something and I'm actually going to take my charisma up. So I'm only negative one on charisma. Yeah, look at you. You all might have the worst intelligence of any party I've ever encountered. I'm pretty not You average it all out. But that's like, that's my character trait that I... I did intentionally. In the beginning, I was like, I want my character to be dumb. Bart is the smartest with a 10. Right. I think I'm going to add to my intelligence. I have a 10 now. Well, now you're about to be smarter. Yeah. I think I'm going to add both to my intelligence. Oh. Actually, I'm actually going to add one to my constitution. So just as a reminder, your ability score. So like, for example, your intelligence is 10 currently, Barbara. Yeah. If it goes up to 11, your modifier is still plus zero. Oh, it's not plus the modifier one? only goes up every even number. Mm. So you'd have to put both into intelligence to get it to go from a plus zero to plus one. I only say that because if you put one in intelligence, it'll go to 11. And what was the other one you said? Uh, constitution. Constitution. Okay, that'll go up to 15, and that'll still say a plus two. Gotcha. That would have to hit 16 for a plus Yeah, two. so far, all my numbers are even. So I'd have yeah. to put two in something. All right, I, I think I am all finished. Yeah, I'm good too. I added another fourth level spell and yeah. Did you end up doing your skill or, or feat? Uh, I did my skill because both my intelligence and charisma were only one skill point away mm. from actually having a, an adjustment. And so, yeah, my intelligence is now zero and my uh, charisma is only negative one. Te- technically ability. ability. Sorry, ability right. score, ability. yeah, right. sorry, right, right, right. not skills. Push my glasses up now. Mm. Um, actually, <laughs> I don't. Man, this is so hard to choose. I'm going through the same thing that John's had went through, where I, I don't know what feat to choose. There's, There's so a, many. a website I can send you that prioritizes feats for particular classes. Yeah, yeah, hit me with that. I mean, you guys remember how good in our last campaign that feat I had that I could just do anytime and give everybody like what was like ten temporary HP mm. the entire party. Mm-hmm. That's kind of that was that was pretty good. Yeah, uh, it's especially useful at lower levels as you gain levels. Yeah, 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 yeah and yeah. get more HP. It's still helps but it's not it's also like a freebie because because feats are their own when does Mm -hmm. our armor class improve whenever you get new armor or your dexterity improves so armor class is 10 plus your armor modifier plus your dexterity modifier oh interesting all right next time we level up i'm improving my dexterity this is like (laughs) this is like playing elden ring and no one puts any points into vigor so their hp never goes up because they just want to have more attack power Good one. Anyone? I got that reference. Anyone? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, this will be my thing. If you got that reference about Elden Ring, let me know on Twitter. In a couple weeks. Yeah, I'll yeah. forget. Awesome. I've also added some spells. Quick, make me roll for Arcana. <laughs> <laughs> roll for Arcana to see what spells Bart added. Something I, I'm excited to use. I added heat metal to my spells. Ooh, that's a good one. Nat 20 on Arcane! Hell yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? That means I, I nothing, but it's just like I'm, <laughs> I'm excited. 20. But it would mean 20, not 19. You're just rolling? Yeah. Just testing out my new uh, intelligence. 
No, intelligence. <laughs> Mike rolled a nine for you. I'm sorry. It's kind of like when you roll, you've like rolled stuff a lot where you roll like a nat 20, but you're like 19. It's like, it's nice to actually have the <laughs> yeah, 20 yeah, yeah. when you roll To be it. able to hit 20. Yeah. This one goes to 20. Gift yeah. Of the chromatic dragon. That just sounds cool. That sounds Didn't like. Did they do the theme song for Arcane? What? Imagine dragons. <laughs> I got the reference. <laughs> Thank you, Micah. Yep, you're welcome. <laughs> a, a niche, like, nerdy music reference uh, oh, to video game. That's good. <laughs> Whoa. I can infuse weapons with an extra 1d4 damage of, like, fire, lightning, poison. That's cool. Whoa. What's that thing called? Uh, Gift of the Chromatic Dragon. That's, like, that really goes into my cyberpunk, you know, fantasy stuff that I feel like I'm going for. While we look through it, are there any Q&A we want to... Touchdown? Is everyone happy with where they're at? Anyone have any more questions? About I'm still kind of looking through different feats, but I don't want to. Yeah, I, I think no I'm idea. all set. Yeah. We don't have to solve that today. Oh, by the way, I, I asked on the seventh level. On the eighth level, everyone took their same class again, right? No one's multiclassing or anything. I think so. You didn't give me time so. to do research. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so blame class. it on me. You've, you've only had several months. I didn't know it was an option. Uh, I've mentioned it at previous between the well, tales. Well, I forget everything you say. <laughs> we have a question from social media at 1080 Dragon. Uh, no confirmation whether that's a chromatic dragon or not. <laughs> they say I'm working on creating my first campaign which is also going to have some first-time players got any tips to help create a campaign yes and patience yes and that's definitely a micah question yeah i thought you were looking at your watch gus like how much time do we have oh no 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 <laughs> the, yeah. uh, to answer this question my, <laughs> i was checking something else uh, micah do you have any tips for that yeah i thought of a few things when i first started dming it's it's a very daunting task it's very very different from being a player so i would say the few things that i can think of is have a zero session which is like you get with your players before you actually start the campaign, go over characters, go over table rules, any concerns they have about schedules, all that kind of stuff. And then I'll give you a break. You're never going to know all the rules as a DM. Mm -hmm. um, they always come up with new rules anyways. For example, dispelling paralyzed Dispel. <laughs> glove. So uh, if you're caught in the middle of the game and someone doesn't know the rule, then either look it up or just make it up on the spot and then fix it later. Yeah, I think also one of the things that we did here with this show uh, to help a lot of players who didn't have a ton of D&D &D experience was, especially early on, we didn't really worry about them knowing the numbers or the roles or anything. It was a lot more, what do you want to do? Yeah. Uh, and then me saying, you can do this to accomplish that goal. Exactly. That, and then over time, you know, they start to learn what the different things are, what their move is. Or even now, nowadays, even if I know the answer of something on the player's character sheet, now that we've played a bit more, I'll ask, what is your base movement? Or what is your armor class? Even though I have it or I could look it up real easy, I want the player to start to learn to get into the habit of knowing where the stuff is on their sheet and where they can look to find these answers. Uh, and then after a while, they'll realize, oh, I know this stuff for my character. Mm -hmm. Yeah, teachable moments. Mm -hmm. I also will say like as a player who's not very skilled or like experienced in D&D, &D, I like the rules being like, a little looser like we kind of play yeah. like you guys aren't necessarily confirmed with like our carrying capacity and weight yeah. and stuff like that like if we find an object and we pick it up and like you're not like well how much weight are you carrying now blah 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 and like some things obviously sticking to the rules and whatnot but other things you guys are a little looser on which i think makes it a little more fun like we were talking about a little while ago when john was talking about his higher level spells like we never really cared about carrying a pouch with a million material components yeah. but when the point of the material component is to be a limiting factor in the spell yeah. like then we have to worry about those kinds of things true, true. i think you hit it in the head barb is that like it's the point of the game is to be fun mm -hmm. and so if you're making it like a slog for people to get through this they're like mm -hmm. i hate dandy i'm like that's not the point yeah you want it to be fun <laughs> what about uh, does anyone else have any uh, thoughts from like their perspective about playing a campaign you know with not much DD experience i was talking to ben about this but he had this idea of the rule of cool which is like 
and, and I become very cognizant of the rules because like we post a lot of TikTok content with us doing D and D stuff. And in the comments, inevitably there's always some guy. It's like, well, actually the rule book yeah. says you can't do this. But like, if you're having fun and it, and it's like fun for the DM and it's fun for the player and like something happens that like, it doesn't precisely follow the rules, but there's like some wiggle room, just go for it. Yeah. You know, like have fun with it. Cause this is all about collaborative storytelling. So yes, and each other and just like do what you guys think is going to be rad. Like jumping through a window with a Valrossian while being naked. Yeah, and yeah. like fighting a Valrossian midair while mid-air. I'm naked. Like that stuff was so rad. But if Gus and Micah and Ben were fuddy duddies, then that would have never yeah, like, happened. Uh, no, the uh, jumping through the windows, your move action. Yeah, and- but that's genuinely like when yeah. I think of peak D D and D moments, that is one of the top for me. It's just like I can't believe that was such I a think, cool cinematic moment. That's an important note, right? Like it's a, and I think Mike also said to him, it's supposed to be fun. Yeah, but yeah. Like try to foster that fun. We have a question from at XOE Rogers. A question for the cast. What is the most notable similarity between yourself and your D&D character? Oh, I think it's obvious. We're both incredibly charming. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Wait a minute. What's Bart's charisma? 16. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's the only similarity. And that's not even a true similarity. <laughs> I'm very awkward. I saw this question a while ago on Twitter and I thought it was really funny because it happened right after I tore my bicep. So my arm was in a metal brace <laughs> yeah. and I was like, I am Kyborg because I just lost <laughs> When lost life my imitates arm. art. Yeah, but also like on a character level, like Kyborg is just a cocky douche, but I think he's well-meaning deep inside and everyone hates on him. No. So, like, so, <laughs> so, so cocky, but also insecure. <laughs> yes. Life imitates art. Yes. Um, I, I will say on a more serious note with uh, me and Bart, I think uh, I, I tend to play characters how I would do in real life where I like to perceive things first or like assess the situation before I go into action or to like not cause conflict if I could avoid it. So like if there's someone who we don't have to start a fight with and could just move on, I'd prefer to do that rather mm-hmm. than like, oh, it's a monster. Like let's attack it instead of just like, oh, we could quickly sneak by it and just move on. So I think that's mm. that's a similarity I share with Bart. Yeah, that's um, a mindset that a lot of D&D players don't have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm noticing. <laughs> what about you, Micah? He's the joke. He confused me. I was like, what yeah, the John hell turned and was like, what? Yeah. What? I was not in that joke. Uh, you always liked animals. Yeah, yeah. I definitely like, I, I definitely went with Druid class this time because I've always loved druid classes in all role-playing games and fantasy because they have you know they can turn into animals they have a connection with nature and animals and I've always been a softy for that I mean during the pandemic is when I finally bit the bullet and started fostering kittens at home and so I'm softy for the animals John could actually turn into a kitten yeah I yeah. did I did in, in, the, in our last episode oh no I'm saying in real life oh yeah in real life <laughs> yeah uh, not mud John yeah <laughs> yeah also I guess mud is the one that makes sure things get done and we move along and keep on schedule which is also my job here at squad team force <laughs> so maybe that's also what bleeds into the character or the producer yeah. the stinky dragon no Ben is actually I'm producer. Yeah. I mean producer of the team yeah um gum gum (laughs) it's one for one there it is uh i mean i think gum gum he tries i was thinking about this for like 10 minutes and still didn't come up with a straight answer uh i think gum gum kind of maybe falls his uh heart sometimes at at the detriment of what might be best for the situation Mm. Uh, i think i do that sometimes we'll agree with that follows his gut gut his gut Uh, gut yeah Chris also has friendship bracelets he likes to use. I do, <laughs> I do but not in like a kinky way. <laughs> it's, it's a 
in a judicial way? I don't think anyone was implying it. No one said that. Gum gum doesn't use them that way. Yeah. I was trying to think, like, what, why would I use friendship? Wait a my man, way to give too much information for no reason there. <laughs> well, no, I was say I was clarifying that it wasn't that way because well, never mind. I'm just gonna stop talking. <laughs> I think also it's uh, I think Gum Gum and Bart's relationship is is kind of similar in a way to me and Chris, where it's like <laughs> I'm always looking out for Chris, making sure he doesn't uh, hurt himself. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Chris carries me places if I'm too tired to walk. <laughs> of course. It's funny. I posted a picture. So John and Micah's mom made these adorable. Uh, character dolls mm -hmm. for each of us. And I posted a picture of all of them on Twitter the other day from the Squat Team Force account asking like, hey, if you don't watch Stinky Dragon or listen to Stinky Dragon, just based on these characters and how they look, who do you think is whose character? Yeah. Most people thought Bart was Chris and most people thought Kyborg was me. Oh. I guess because it's like an the elf long, with long blonde hair. Blonde hair. Mm, yeah. And they thought Blaine was Mud and John was Gum Gum. That was like the most consistent guess that people had and everyone knew gus was gus because it's just interesting to see what uh people would have thought think. we played yeah that's fun now it's been a while since i've played actually a campaign myself but i have played many campaigns over the years and i feel like every time i play a character i always try to do something radically different than what i've done before mm -hmm. and i try to do things that are usually out of character for me and i like play in the space that i normally don't experience in day-to-day -day life uh, I think I've talked about this before in another episode, but I one time played a rogue who told the whole party that I was a fighter and <laughs> only the DM knew I was a rogue. And then we went several sessions in before I started stealing from the party. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like the party, of course, doesn't know until we're in combat. And they're like, I pull out my potion of whatever. And the DM's like, oh, yeah, you look for it. It's gone. Oh, I love it. You that. don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> and then mysteriously, it's like, oh, don't worry. I've got one. And I'll, <laughs> or I'll take it. Yeah, I think, well, we played D&D &D <clears throat> together before with Rooster Teeth. And I think we're all playing pretty different characters this time around. Like I played a, an elf archer named Dorjan in, my, in our last uh, Ranger. Ranger. And like John was Professor Luce. Yep, it was a warlock. It was uh -huh. a uh, what's what's the one? It's like celestial, like warlock. a healing warlock. Yeah, what's the? It's like a subclass of warlock. I can't remember what it was. It was it was the kind that of, we because we we did the campaign, and especially like early part of campaigns, like you're almost dying a lot because you got low HP, yeah. and we're like, oh, we need a healer, yeah. heal. which is also why I was the druid this time and have like. Yeah, the celestial. Yeah. And then Chris was Lunko, who was a character who was like constantly trying to steal everything. Dude, I hated Was Lunko. kind of like well, he, evil in a way. I'll take Gum Gum over Lunko any <laughs> they're, day. They're very <laughs> different. He was yes. a warlock yeah. too, wasn't he? I was he? a warlock. We were that, dual yeah. warlocking. I was a warlock who had a... a um, Just so many Eldritch Blasts. I specialized in paths no or like the familiar thing. And so I had a... My familiar, I told everyone, was a rat. Named but Stinky. But yeah, named name Stinky. That's actually how the, the name of this podcast came about, is uh, we were trying to come up with a name for it, and we thought naming something <laughs> after your rat Stinky would be fun, so yeah. Stinky Dragon. But Stinky was actually an imp, and he would always go invisible and, like, fly. Yeah, he could fly and stuff, and then I liked it because I was a, a halfling, so I could get naked, and <laughs> he'd, fly, he'd carry me around. Yeah. Why did you have to get naked to be because carried? Because of, of weight limit. Oh. Yeah. The only way he could carry me is if I wasn't carrying anything. <laughs> so I'd get naked. Yeah, I like how the party just put up with for a long time that there was a rat who could fly and go invisible. Yeah, why not? Name's Stinky. <laughs> and then Blaine's character, well, characters. This is Judge Bread, then Judge Fred. They were both paladins. But again, I want to go back. I hated Lunko. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, it was, it was, and this is something that I think we brought in with this, but, like, we were all so combative to each other and doing stuff that was messing up the team or, like, 
intentionally making character decisions, which made sense for the character where it's like, I'm going to steal from this guy bold face right right in front of them and then that would cause so much trouble but i feel like this group now is a lot more amicable or something i don't know like we're just moving lot- in the same direction yeah yeah we all have a same path that we want to go down a synergy yeah, yeah. And, and that makes it a lot more fun i think what other, what other buzzwords can be thrown there? <laughs> uh, we have a question from at talentardis uh, how different is running a campaign using a virtual <laughs> setup versus in person like other productions and the rtx episode do you find these tool sets make D&D more accessible to both players and the DM? So from my perspective, from just like running a game perspective, it's pretty much the same because we don't have maps or figures or anything. Like I have to look at documents on my computer and it doesn't matter whether I'm doing it here or remotely at home. But that being said, it is totally different. Uh, I feel like the energy is much higher when everyone's here. Also, even no matter how good a virtual setup is, and I'm not trying to like talk bad about virtual setups, but no matter how good it is, there is an inherent amount of slight lag and delay in the communication, mm-hmm. uh, which results in like awkward pauses or people talking over each other. And the beats aren't as fast for comedy. Like here, we're a lot more on top of it than we were virtually. I also really like having Micah here because he can uh, turn and stare at me when I say something wrong <laughs> right away. Like I, I, that. I, uh, I can't, I can't ignore, I, I can't miss like a discord or a Slack message. Ooh. <laughs> it's also great. Cause in. if we're doing something, I'll just like look over to you Gus or you Micah and I'll just like look at your eyes to see like, <laughs> is this a good idea? <laughs> Sometimes I'll get like a wide eye head shake and I'm like, uh, never mind. <laughs> just need to wear sunglasses now. Yeah. More poker faces involved. Although someone who is it? Blaine did walk by my, it was John. It was, John. It was the John walked by my monitor a couple of weeks ago. I was like, Colker. we're fighting this. <laughs> <laughs> did, I did. Couldn't help it. I got to say that that pissed me off so hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It was the cloaker. I only said it because uh, save from like, you know, which people could do just immediately Googling it. Yeah, you can name so many creatures in D&D and no one here knows what the hell they are. Yeah. Like flumph is one of the most revelatory things we've ever experienced. It's like, oh. Yeah, we keep on running into flumph. Yeah, he can keep spawning them. I randomly spawn them. We met a flumph in a while. It's only a one in eight chance, but I feel like half the time that you've had wild magic, a flumph appears. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty great. Yeah. Recording in person is superior. I was just telling the guys before we started recording today, I had a bunch of yard work. So I was like blasting through all of our stinky dragon stuff and then I recognized the second we went to in-person. Outside of us just saying, oh, yeah, we're back in person. It was like the jokes were faster, and, like, we were just, like, really playing off each other. And, like, being able to see John looking pissed and want me to hurry through the rest of this answer <laughs> tells me so much more than if I were in a screen. No, I was actually going to uh, say <laughs> I- I'm quite behind on this show. I haven't listened to it for a little bit, but um, I was talking to my mom recently who's an avid fan, and she was saying, like, oh. she could hear the difference. Oh, that's yeah. great. Oh, really? Yeah. Thanks, mom. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. yeah. You guys sucked before. Now it's actually mm-hmm. decent. Yeah, she said that too. She said that too. It was kind of harsh. <laughs> Ow. On a somewhat related note, we have a, another question from at Impulse Rev who asks, what online tools or software do you guys use for your campaign? Um, and really, it's a D&D Beyond and either Discord or Slack. You know, we did Discord when we were uh, remote. We don't really use that anymore. Um, then, you know, we'll do maybe Discord messages or Slack messages between me and Micah. But yeah, it's all just the character sheets in D&D Beyond. Um, Micah writes up wonderful campaign documents. Maybe one day we should put one out just so people can see all yeah. the work you put into it. I love the D&D Beyond website slash app that we use because yep. it does everything for mm-hmm. you. You just yeah. have to click buttons. It makes and it'll, it really easy. Yeah, I think you don't D- have to try to figure it out. D&D Beyond is like great training wheels too. 
uh, like if you're going to be getting into it for the first time and not aren't super sure, it does a lot of it for you. But like, I feel comfortable now enough now that like we could do physical character sheets and physical dice and I feel like I'd be yeah. competent. It's mm -hmm. trained us all really well. I actually really want to do dice. I do too. You could bring dice in if you want. I think we we'll do, do that probably for okay. the RTX one shot we do. Yeah. That was the question in here. It was like, what's the budget for dice? Well, we got, <laughs> we, we we got, got a ton got, of dice. We got some really nice dice from uh, Chef Mike. Uh, mm. shout that I want to shout him out because he sent us several. He's like nice and metal. Yeah. Nice, yeah. And we've had a couple fans send in some dice as well. Like mm. we have a drawer in our office that's just full of dice. Get nice. Dice out the butt. Although if someone wants to send us in anything, send us in the biggest D20 that you can get your hands on. Well, oh. let's not go crazy. No, 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 no. no. I well, want it. He, he wants it specifically for our, our D&D-centric social content that we make for Squad Team Force, like Six Second Dungeon. You're thinking and like an Indiana Jones-style boulder coming <laughs> Exactly. I mean, that would be so awesome. No, Honestly. It's like the one that we have is like about, it's like the size of like a tennis ball or a racquetball. And it's nice, but it's apparently it's a spiral D20, which is different from like the scattered. In D20. the end, it's still random. It doesn't matter. All right. Well, I still, again, people in the comments were like, mm, you're using this kind of die. And I was like, it's, it's fine. It's still a one in 20 chance for any of those numbers to come oh, up. Oh, we've learned. Yes. Anyway, uh, maybe like a bowling ball size D20. I'll no, take it. I want to damage furniture with this. I thing. want a disco ball size one. We'll just hang it from the ceiling and it'll fall on someone. Yeah. yeah. Chris. So. We have a, a question from a user at Armadillo Armor, and I, I should have been able to guess what this question was going to be based on that <laughs> username alone. Armadillo Armor asks, now that Gumbo has a little chest plate, can he meet an armadillo that teaches him the art of a rolling attack? Oh my on, this, on this tweet was the gif of Unhook when, what's the character's name that rolls down the plank? Uh, Put. What is his name? I know who you're talking about. Yeah. It's like a Pudge, I think his name, or, or something like that. Or he's not, he's the one who gets toodles. Marbles. Uh, marbles. Yeah. Anyways, rolling down like the gangplank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or uh, to make another Elden Ring reference, like the sheep. Someone did a really cool art of gumbo. Someone did gumbo art? Yeah. I didn't see it. Yeah, yesterday. yesterday. I was on Reddit. Uh, we'll say yes, but I didn't see it. You're like, yeah. Like, yeah. Can, you, can you draw it for us, Chris? <laughs> yeah. I'll pull it up. <laughs> I, don't, I don't go to our Reddit. I thought that's why you were saying, I wish more people did fan art. No. I, I, was thought, just, I thought that's what instigated that. No, it's because I think I saw some cool ship hits the fan fan art. Oh. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Oh, look at him. He's so cute. Who I did love that? it. Drawn by Reddit user DependentUsual932. Nice. I think I would totally be using Gumbo a lot more if Gus hadn't, like, given me this instinctual fear of him <laughs> killing my pets from our last campaign. That's the point of it. Yeah. So I don't send Gumba out into battle, like hardly at all. Like Badgers have stat sheets and he could do attacks and he's done it on occasion. I think in the wolf fight, he mm -hmm. did some. Yeah. Paralyte would have one shot at him. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He has like, he has so like, Kyborg. he has like one HP. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, no, he's just going to hang out. So whenever I like transform, I usually just kind of like headcanon is that he goes with all of my items to whatever pocket dimension those things mm -hmm. go into. Yeah. Pokeball. Basically. <laughs> I like to think he's like, he transforms into you kind of like a mini Voltron like he's your pilot yeah that's he's inside <laughs> right of you he's, in, yeah, he's inside of John head. driving the, the whatever animal you become but then if mud dies then like he's still alive inside suffocating inside of his Voltron oh that's cusk. a lot more that's a lot more Evangelion oh he's like trying yeah. to eject the plug yeah that's a real nerdy podcast we got going here <laughs> D&D and anime to circle back to something Micah said earlier uh the question about what the the dice budget is was submitted by uh at choir mime mm. uh, I just want to give you. a shout out for that it does make a very satisfying noise when you do roll the dice on D&D Beyond. It does a little clink, clink, Yeah, but you maybe turn it off so we don't hear it in the recordings. Yeah, we do. But when you have headphones on and you're listening to your own computer, you could hear yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That was a remote recording yeah. benefit. Uh, we have a question from a listener here. I believe it's at Micah Risinger. <laughs> hmm. What is the name and race of the bartender of the Stinky Dragon Tavern? Do you have a headcanon of that? Yeah. No, you tell us. It's your character. Yeah. I want to hear what you, what you all think. I imagine he's a halfling. Okay. Well, the doll is not a halfling. Like an orc. He's like an orc. Right there on Chris. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. He's yeah, that's got true. big pointy ears and horns. He's I got guess horns. I've always pictured him as a, a small little guy. Like before we got the dolls and before we had artwork done of, of him, I always pictured him to be like a tiny guy with like one of those aprons on, you know? Mm. It's like big aprons. He's either like an orc or a goblin. Maybe a, go- if you, Maybe if a we goblin. Go go- can goblins have horns? Sure, why not? Yeah. yeah, goblin. And he's a little, he's not shorter. The dolls is pretty much the same size as bales, But yeah, he can be a little goblin. I like these in-between arc episodes because we learn more about the bartender. Because like I only learned like last time or the time before that he's the narrator from the Stinky Dragon, which was like, ah. Correct. Much more the sense. Stinky Dragon's supposed to be a tavern. And these are the tales from the Stinky Dragon. These are the stories being told in the tavern. Right. Which makes it like Star Wars where it's like, ah, it's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. Which is great because if and when our characters all die a horrible death and we want to make new characters the new story, it could just be another tale. That was the idea from the very (laughs) beginning was that we, if, you know, at any point we want to stop this campaign, we could. And be like, that was that hero's story. Now here's another tale from the Stinky Dragon, a lot more anthology based. And another uh, jumping point for people to pop into the show. Exactly. Mm. The campaign that Chris will DM. Uh, Micah, do you want to read some of your uh, some of your uh, ideas here on this one? Yeah, Gruss Tavo, uh, <laughs> Whiffy Wyvern, Francid Drake, Musty Mauburn, Hoderous Worm. <laughs> Those are some of mine. Hodus Worm sounds like, what's his name? The little dude that uh, sits next to Jabba the Hutt. That's Salacious yeah. Crumb. There you go. <laughs> that does sound like Salacious <laughs> I have noticed that in, in Micah's writing, you love alliteration. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Micah loves alliteration, obscure words, and German words. Yeah, dude owns yeah. a thesaurus for sure. Like yeah. Well. yeah. Uh, we have some bartender names that were sent in by some people on social media. Uh, at Milis Kurge says Sir Old Guzzler. <laughs> <laughs> at Bland Lexi 009 says Yachty Laboy. Uh, Yachty? I think it's supposed to be like Yodel. Yodel. Oh, Yodel. Like, yeah, Yodel Boy. Yodel Boy. Gary Goldtooth Draco. Amazing. Or Victor Ray Dons. <laughs> at JSPR Draws SFW says Barley Tankertfoot. Barley, that's a fun name. Uh, at the Cosmic Cage says, Modka Vartini, which is really funny. Stir the Unshakable. <laughs> at Usher Adam suggests, Bezler's cousin, M. Biber. <laughs> it is funny that if they're Bezler and him are related, just cousins. Uh, at Mandy the Mammoth says, Phil Mickup. Good one. Phil Mickup. At Creed Strong One says, Gunter Draught. Like Gunter Draught. A Jurgen House. Or Walter Stein. Speaking of German, but, very, very German. Yeah. There. I've always thought the way that you think the voice you do is so much like a little prospector. It, mm. It's got to have a little bit of that. The next one has that 20. kind of vibe. Yeah. The, well, the next one is Stewie Teller from At Thunder Chunky 92. Stewie. It, it still could be that kind of voice. You know, there is a large German population in central Texas, um, especially like out in Fredericksburg. West Down kind of area. Or West yeah, but you're yeah, you're not doing like that, like like you're not doing a German accent. Yeah. You're doing Well no, no, I'm saying like now it's a large German population who've lived here long enough where they wouldn't have a German accent. In fact, I've heard that in some pockets of central Texas, uh, there's a dialect of German spoken that's distinct from Germanic Germany, like in Germany, that has very little crossover between uh, actual German they've and just, they've just added Texan they've incorporated the use of y'all in German. That's all. <laughs> that's how <laughs> I get Morgan, my y'all. That's how I get my kolaches <laughs> that I just ate this morning. And you didn't bring any for us? Nope. Thanks, dude. Uh, you bet. 
At Mr. Cantu says, there have been other instances where the interns have potentially skipped uh, some thought out encounters. Do you ever try to reincorporate those into later episodes or are they lost for good? Micah? Uh, they're in the playbook. Um, I do know, like, I will say, like, in the one of the very first episodes, you guys went into the HQ mm-hmm. and you went through all these different rooms Doors. and puzzles of, like, the Infinite's dorms, basically. And there were, I think, one or two that you didn't go into. And I held on to those. Yeah. I still haven't revealed those. Wow, that's mm-hmm. cool. I love the the episodes where there's like a puzzle of some sort. Mm-hmm. Like the one where we had the door with like the coffee mm-hmm. cup, that's, the door yep. with the, yeah. All that stuff is fun to me. It's, it's interesting because you, Barbara specifically, you keep such good notes that I think sometimes when there's callbacks, it helps the party out. Oh, like for sure. Like here recently <laughs> dealing with the glyphs. The glyphs, yeah. yeah. It's like you had the exact order written down and remembered. So like the party didn't have to go through rediscovering the wheel. Like, oh, what was the order? What do we have to do here? Like you flip, you're like, oh, here's, here it is right in front of me. I need to like consult. I have, my notes are just like scattered on a bunch of different notebooks and pads and stuff like that. I need to consolidate it to mm-hmm. maybe like share with the group so you guys have it too. Yeah. I'll share my notes with you guys I... if you do my homework for me. <laughs> <laughs> I used to keep better notes, and then I like I had different docs, and then they just got all scattered. Well, in them. well, Barbara's now suffering from that fate where someone takes such a good notes that no one else does it. She's like, oh, mm. she's got well, it covered. I, mean, I will say, part like, of Bart's character now. I know. I, well, I do have the highest intelligence, apparently. So. Yes. Um, I will say though that Blaine is really good at remembering names of places and stuff like that. Like I, Pious Pass, Broom of Fume, like all these things I'm terrible at remembering just because I could never spell it when I write it down. <laughs> so it doesn't <laughs> yeah, like it register sense. in my head. I got dumb memory for the dumbest stuff, but sometimes it comes in handy. So it works. We all balance each other out. It's the perfect team. Yep. And we have a question here from at Lucky Base Cat 88. What is the most difficult part for you, Micah, when writing all of this storyline? And what game breaking has annoyed you the most, uh, either Gus or Micah? I don't know which one. Difficult part when writing all of this storyline. Um, I genuinely want it to be like, I can't be original. Like there's nothing that's original under the sun, but I want it to continue to progress. And I want to I want to dig into these characters' backstories, particularly in this latter half of this campaign. Mm. Um, that's something I've kept in my mind for a while. And I have a lot of, a lot of interesting ideas, if I do say so. But... Um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to, like, I've asked you guys in the past, like, what, what's the character's backstory? Give me, give me some content and stuff. And so I'm, I want to work that into this story as well. My character even has a theme song. What? Yeah, Kyborg. That's also been one of my favorite parts of having Micah involved with the show is we get these cool character songs yeah, that he's, yeah. like, written and, and performed and uh, is, like, incorporated into the episodes. It, may, it elevates it so much. They're yeah. so great. Like, even uh, in an episode, I don't know if the episode will be out by now. I imagine it will it be. should be. Yeah. There's, like, a moment where I'm doing something and Gum Gum was, like, sing a song. Sing a song. <laughs> and then I just, like, sing the song really quick and, and Micah added, like, some music and some, like... I don't know if you changed my singing ability at all in it. My pitch adjust. My pitch, uh, but it sounds great. I, I would like, never. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's like, it, it really hmm. creates that, like, the idea that someone's performing and all of a sudden yeah. it's like, oh, wow, they're actually performing on the spot. Is yeah. It? It, yeah. it adds a lot of immersion whenever we do that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I also, like, having, I feel like we don't recycle too many songs because, like, each place is so distinct. Like, Pious Pass was our Western and then, like, I guess the ethereal plane was kind of more, like, you know, dimensional, woo, magic-y stuff. So it's like it all kind of sounds different and fun. I like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. It's been really cool sitting on this side of the screen, listening to all the ideas Micah has about the story and, like, where things are going to go. Like, knowing that Sordo was looking for his body mm-hmm. and, you know, it, you know, finally you all see that here at the end of the That's last episode. Cool like, all, all of those things. It's been fun 
watching it all play out like the long game and mm-hmm. seeing it all come together. What's been your most frustrating moment? Yeah, for me, the most frustrating thing is John and his damn dinosaurs. Naval battle. <laughs> the, oh, not, I did ring in dinosaurs not, not last only round. Only the too. naval battle, but also like the velociraptors <laughs> that yeah. eviscerated those magic users uh, during our last combat. I thought you were going to say just like generally when it's like the solution is very easy and we just like do Doors. everything but do the solution yeah and, like sometimes i could tell gus is like trying to move the story along in one direction and we're like doing everything we can to find even, even in that last episode where it's like you all just had to step up to the alcove to start the paralyte encounter <laughs> and everyone's like what are we gonna do let's team up let's get some surprise attacks like oh my god let's just that's what i was like bart you're up there okay yeah let's go <laughs> uh, i messaged you about the whole arc name being Paralette's poison. Yes. And uh, there was this whole scene where like Prattle, you know, dies and like his ring falls off and like there's Sangria not right there. You guys never picked, like never used it in the Paralyte's poison arc against Paralyte herself. Mm. All right, the big bad it. evil. Yeah, she was like owning you guys who, so bad. Who took the ring? Did I take the ring? I, I think We John almost did. walked off without the ring. I was like, I go for the ring. <laughs> yeah, I think you did. Oh, I, mu- I must have it. I, so then I blame it on John. <laughs> hey, why are you saying grenade when you can use Dynanicuses to just completely break the game? <laughs> or just be invisible. So Paralyte's, yeah, <laughs> Paralyte's Dynanicus. That's what I need to rename it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Her poison is dinosaurs. <laughs> dinosaurs. She's yeah. terribly allergic. I, yeah, a lot of people are allergic <laughs> Damn, to dinosaurs. Can we retake that episode now, though? <laughs> I, I always feel bad because sometimes I have to take a step back and remember, like, there's always a, a, a gimmick, you know, like with, uh, and we always miss it. Like with Sleek, there was like a mirror. The You're mirror. like, look at that mirror. Hey, Sleek oh, looks yeah, into y'all. the mirror. <laughs> and then come to find out if we just destroyed the mirror, the, the boss fight would have been done. And we're always just like, ah, damn, what do the we one do? Time, the one time we did on the first thing, it was like the altar. What do you mean? We, With, uh, we broke the altar? I, I don't know if that was it. Was that the thing? The altar? No. The, what altar? The Empire's I know you're talking about. The, yeah. He was, he, oh. was, he was uh, fixated on breaking the altar. I think we rewarded that. If I remember correctly. I think so, yeah. I think we did. I yeah. think you had to nudge me to use the the moon amulet as well. Amulet, Because, Because, again, <laughs> we just don't think of using these things because we're just scrambling. It's fun. Very fun. I used little Jimmy's arrows, though. You I don't did. remember those. Oh, you still didn't Jimmy. find out what they do. He, they're, <laughs> they're fine. They're, they're, they're gone. Well, you found out one of them. You found out one of them. He, he used all of them, though, he used right? used all of them. Yeah, I only got two, I think. What did We could probably reveal that. Yeah, they were uh, spell drain arrows. Mm. So it's so, pretty funny that like I don't think you were using it on like a spellcaster. Well, you the, were using the, the, the a spellcaster. Yeah. The last one, yeah, you, yeah, you did, did on that spellcaster. First time, I don't think it was. No. Idiot, got him. <laughs> yeah, I think we never had the opportunity to like really sit down and like identify what they were specifically, yeah. but they they were useful for you in uh, in that last usage. Wait, should I use it on uh, spectral or no, not spectral? Leak. No, the other one. Paralyte. Paralyte. <laughs> Why is this we'll hard? go through. We'll name them all. Yeah. We need to get you, Gus, like little paper things on popsicle sticks, like masks you can put over your face every time you VO <laughs> yeah, someone with a name. <laughs> That'll yeah, help. That all gets changed, or most of it gets changed in, in post-production. Yeah. Who am I right now? A hat with a mask. <laughs> I have a question. Yeah. So, Sordo is voiced by Jack. You know, he talks like kind of like this, right? And then his body was Armando, voiced by Armando, and he was like, hey, you know, kind of like this. But that was the spirit, right? So is the spirit voiced by Armando? Well, the question is, well, and and what was is, is the voice and, tied to the body or tied to the spirit? Yes. though? got to be vocal cords. I, I, I don't know. My, I hope my, that Armando and Jack continue to get to voice the people because <laughs> they did a great job. My understanding is that by now the episode has come out. 
Yeah. Uh, and yes, Armando would have voiced Entropa. Oh, yeah. Because because Sordo's still stuck in Sordo Land. In, in Sordo Land. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was wondering about that when it AKA Disneyland like, right but now. We, see, yeah, we we when we do it live, we don't hear those voices. So no. those little right. things yeah. sometimes. Well, that's why it's always so funny when like someone starts speaking and we're like, who is that? But the audience obviously knows because like for example, if mm-hmm. it's Paralyte, it's Hannah speaking, and so like the audience would be like. Does parallel. I'm surprised yeah. Gus Sounds hasn't like done like falsetto for like higher voice it's people. Me. <laughs> the problem I have is there's so many characters. Even if I tried to start doing a voice, yeah. I wouldn't be able to keep track of what the yeah. voice was for each specific pl- person. Scottish characters. Yeah. Like I, there's, I can't. Yeah. I found that out when I did the one shot we did in the B. <laughs> and there were only like three characters, I right? Know. Imagine <laughs> if it was like 10. Well, there were, they'd be like, oh, here's a new character. I'm like, I tried to, I wrote down different ideas for different voices and I couldn't keep up with them all. Yeah. Tough. Does anyone else have any other questions? I thought we had a good time to maybe wrap this up otherwise. Yeah. Let's wrap it up. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back here pretty soon with uh, more Tales from the Stinky Dragon with our new level eight players starting off uh, on their new arc. Woo-hoo. And thank, I would thank everyone who's gotten our merch or who's told friends about the show or left, left a review, review or posted on social media. Like, Continue to tell friends about the show. Yeah, um, yeah, it's really super helpful. I think also like if you have friends who are into D&D or even like don't know anything about D&D, they would still enjoy it. So, Or if you have easy access to their phone and can steal it and just subscribe to them to the oh, podcast. They'll, th- they'll thank you for it. Yeah. yeah, really. The coolest thing is like finding out that someone listens to Stinky Dragon and they have no idea what Rooster Teeth is. Like I that, love that. that makes me feel like, oh, we're actually like doing something special here. We're D&D now. We are the D&Ds. I was walking out of uh, the movies the other day and... I had a stinky dragon shirt. I think it was like what Chris is wearing. Mm-hmm. And the usher, like as I was leaving, was like, hey, nice shirt. I was like, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> Did you talk to him at all to, to know? I felt awkward about it. So I was like, no, nah, that's uh, all right. We'll just have that moment. I've been like, do you know what this is? Yeah. You want to- uh, I'm kind of involved. You want, you want to take yeah. a selfie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Funny, funny. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. We'll be back soon. Bye.